Welcome to the Community Conversations podcast, where we believe that world transformation begins with gospel transformation, and gospel transformation begins with discovering the truth about who God is and who you are. And it starts right now. Okay, welcome back. Here we are, here with Noah Chant. Yep. How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Enjoying the enjoying the snowy days. Yeah. It's been really cold. It has been. Yeah. So today, the day that we're recording this, is uh, we had a bit of snow this yeah. morning, if you can call it that. Yeah, snowmageddon. Yeah. Another snowmageddon. Although uh, it feels long now, but I think it was either the. It was the beginning of 2020, I think, we had a really good snow. That's like the last good powdering yes. we had. Remember that? Yep. Because Nora was about three, and she still talks about that snow. Yeah. Like, even this morning, she was like, Dad, do you remember that one time we, like, built a snowman? Yeah. Like, it was yeah. like a lot of snow. Yeah. We get one of those, like, every four or five years. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'd like, I'd like once a year to get, like, a big snow. Me too. I wish it just wasn't, like, after Christmas. Sure. Chattanooga is destined to always have snow after Christmas. It's like what we're called to for all of eternity. Yep. It seems like things are changing too. Like, I don't know if it's just the earth or what, but it seems like it's colder later in the year than it used to be like years upon years ago. Mm. Like in the 50s, it didn't feel like March, you know, like historically looks like it's as cold as it is now. Sure. But November's hotter. <clears throat> yeah. You know? Yep. I know It's what you moving. Mean. It's like the the seasons are like our dates don't change, but it seems like the the weather itself is pushing itself that way. Sure, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about today, everybody. It's just uh, yeah, we've been studying meteorology and uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I do wish we'd get you know one good snow. Yeah, me too. And it's funny because like you being Canadian, you know, I'm from Chicago. So we understand cold weather a little bit differently. Yeah, for sure. And even like yesterday, my sister-in-law, who lives in Chattanooga, sent a picture to the family and it was, she was at Walmart and the shelves were empty. Yeah. I mean, it was like, like yeah. you would think people were having to stock up, you yeah. know, for something really. Well, and we had colder days last week, just no snow, but people acted <laughs> yeah. like this was the coldest day of yeah. the year. Like it was 34 today <laughs> and it was like 18 last week. I know. It's like, you know, what doesn't freeze yeah 32 is freezing (laughs) like you know it's not gonna work that way so that's funny but yeah we'll take what we can get yeah a little bit of time chattanooga's the greatest city in the world yeah i'll stick by that (laughs) (laughs) um so we thought it would be fun and good to uh spend some time just talking about community the importance of community the role that i think maybe it's meant to play in our lives yes um yeah the benefits yeah, it's important for people to understand. Um, you know, it's, the podcast, you know, for us is very important, but also everything we've kind of formed has been around based on community and our communities. Mm-hmm. You know, we really, it's really the bedrock of who we are because it's really the bedrock of who the church was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not an accident that we are kind of leaning the direction that we are in yeah. terms of you know, elevating the value for community. Yeah. Well, you have to, 
you know, when when I first really felt like, you know, to start like communities and all that process, I saw some different models around, but really it came out of the question of what is, what would the Acts Church now look like meeting together mm-hmm. and how close can we get to that? Um, and how close can we get to it also like organically? Mm-hmm. That's the hard thing. Yeah. Is, is making community organic by also realizing that if you don't oftentimes bring a blueprint, people don't organically create community. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very difficult <laughs> place to be. Yeah. And that's a good way of looking at it. I do think, you know, we live in a world and a, and a culture that it seems to be moving in a direction that is making it easier and easier for people to, to do life their own way. Yeah. Kind of on their own. Yeah. Yeah, everything's moving that way. Yep. And Even work. Yeah. Like your vocation now is predominantly. Yep. Home. Most, it seems like most jobs offer the ability to work from anywhere, from mm-hmm. home, you know. Yeah, when I was a kid, even like homeschooling was like reserved for the weird, but it's really becoming the norm. Yeah. So like yeah. your your kids are home, you're home, you become comfortable at home. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think just the reality is, is we were designed for community. Yeah. And you have to find the balance of both. Yep. And what I'm about to say is going to let people in on how nerdy I can be. Yeah. But. I think people know. <laughs> if, if you don't, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> but the way video games are made now, you know, when we were kids, and we talk about this all the time. We'd play a video game. You, I can remember like some of my fondest memories as a kid was having our house packed with our friends, my friends, yeah. my brother's friends. Yeah. And we'd have multiple, you know, games going on. And, and we'd have to bring your TV and you'd your bring console. A TV, you'd bring an Xbox, you'd bring your controllers and you'd, yeah. you'd hook them all up. And like everything, like even that was like promoting, like as dumb as those games are, whatever, you know, it, it there was a sense of, like friendship and fun and community and yeah, it still it still forced you to gather. And they actually a lot of video games they make now don't even offer the ability for you to play with somebody else in the same room. You yeah. have to be on your own thing. Yeah, multiplayer is like a thing of the past where you can it even is. play on the same system. <clears throat> yeah, you know, and that's you know, it's like it's wild to think that you could own something really big and only you can use it at one time. Yep, it's wild. Yeah, but and I say that just to say that like you know, a lot of things in the world are moving in that direction to where it seems like like coming together and doing things yeah. in a communal sort of way. Yeah, one I don't... Um, sorry if you can't tell I'm a bit drowsy. This, I love the snow. <laughs> snow does not love me, it seems. Um, I, I think, and I don't want to use the term like the devil or even like the world because I know the devil's <laughs> apparently the problem for everyone and the... Behind every bad thing that's happening right now. We could talk more about that. Yeah, we'll we'll be talking about that. (laughs) People's omnipresence (laughs) theology of the devil. But there is, seems to be something at play. um, And it could even be psychological with with businessmen and and just industry. Of There is something about being consistently alone and at home that makes you introspective. And most of the time when people get introspective is where they most find their depression and anxiety. Sure. 
And so I think like it's it could be easy to trace a map um, to the idea that like, well, if I can get you at home, then I get a bunch of revenue because you're doing all the you're paying for all the stuff at home. Mm-hmm. Then you're also paying, like in, in the pharma world, you're paying because now you're depressed and you're anxious and you don't like this. And then now you're paying. And you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. everyone's kind of shaking everybody's hands to get people isolated because although it's making zombies, mm-hmm. it's making a lot of money. Yeah. You know, I think it's be a yep. safe assessment without getting down like a a rabbit hole of, uh, <laughs> right. what is it called? Conspiracy. <laughs> like, I don't think QAnon's yeah. over this, but like, <laughs> I think it's just the natural state of like everyone winking at everyone going, hey, yeah, we all win at this. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah, I think, you know, we've, as we've taken just a closer look at what the church looked like in the Bible and sort of the model that they had and the understanding that they had for what it meant to be a part of this thing and you realize like oh man yeah <laughs> they really went for it <laughs> we've yeah and we've got it way off we've gotten way off yeah of what it actually looked like well i feel that way not only with community but church attendance yeah um you know like well, the 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 question i asked myself when i started like you know thinking about communities was if the axe church is the model and they're the ones that were like this. They had it together. Mm-hmm. And they saw the value in meeting in the temple in each other's homes daily. Mm-hmm. Where would we find the value in gathering possibly once a week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't find it. Right, I can't find like a reconciliation of those two things. Mm-hmm. Where someone could say, well, they did it daily and I'll do it twice a month. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Or you hear things like people say, well, we were going to come to church, we were going to be in a community, but we had a family day or we have this type of day or we have this. It's like there's nothing to me more centric to family than presence. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. Yep. And I think like until we can value what the early church valued, we are never going to experience what they experienced. Right. It doesn't mean imitation, mm-hmm. but it does mean a, a correct order of our desires and values. Yeah, that's good. And they valued something very different than us. Yeah. Yep. You know, we talk about the word quantity and fellowship, but that was it for them. Yeah. You know. Can you talk? Uh, I realize there may be people listening who haven't been a part of those conversations. Yeah. So our outside listeners <laughs> fill us in <laughs> a little bit on what you mean when you say koinonian fellowship. Yeah, so like koinonia is the word that they that the early, it's a Greek word that the early church would use to describe like them together. Mm-hmm. Like it's a word of almost saying family, but it's deeper. Mm-hmm. It's like stitched together, united family. It's their gathering. It's who they are as a people, they gather in koinonia and fellowship, they are a koinonia. And to them, this is wild, but to the early church, they eradicated from their brains the concept that your brothers and sisters had to do with your blood. Rather, your brothers and sisters had to do with Christ. Mm. So... In the early church, it would have been seen that if you accept Christ, you are my brother or my sister. 
That's not a figurative term. Wow. Or a Bible study term. Like that is the reality of how they saw the world. Wow. And so, um, you know, they would have viewed it very, very differently than we do. And so to them, koinonia was it. Mm-hmm. Their strength was found in koinonia. Their fellowship was found in koinonia. Uh, they oftentimes experienced great moments of presence in koinonia. Mm. Uh, they changed the nation of Rome through koinonian fellowship. Yeah. Through a complete radical different way of living than everyone else. And it was actually found in their ability to gather and be family. Right. It's just different. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it is different. Um, So, yeah, you know, I think because of just looking at all that, we've come up with this model for now that, you know, this, uh, the model that we have at communities with communities is just trying to promote this idea that, like, we really are family. Yeah. Like, we're the people, you know, I, and it's, it's amazing to know that, like, we have our, like our, you know, big church community, but then I also have a group of people that I meet with weekly in our house. Yeah, and I know true. that like, hey, if something were to ever go wrong with Katie and I, I know that I immediately have a group of people. Yep. Yeah, us you too. Know. Like, you know, ours is, we are, we all, <clears throat> we predominantly, my community now, we feel like family, man. Yeah. We text a bunch, we talk a bunch. I freaking love those people and I... Yeah love being with them and gathering with them. There's nothing better in the world to me. Yeah. And um, we're growing, not just spiritually, but by the influence of the pieces of culture that people in our community are called to. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, you know, I've talked about this, I think before, but like I'm growing in my understanding of what it means to be like a financial, like a kingdom financial man because of someone in my community. Sure. You know, there's a couple in our community that just had a baby, mm-hmm. and it's given me and Bailey a great open door. Not only are they some of our best friends, but, you know, like it's given us a great open door to also see another mother and another father mm-hmm. doing something at a very early stage that we'll be doing soon. Yeah, right. You know, like I've got a spiritual son in our community, mm-hmm. and so I've just got all these people, and it's like you're you're stitched together, you know. And the big thing when we were looking at communities it starting was – Everything we've seen, whether it be like a cell group or a small group or something along those lines that we've seen in the past, the problem people run into predominantly is that they change a lot. Right. So they run like, you know, for a season, then you change groups. Mm -hmm. But there's no way to build relationship. Yeah. And what happens is you end up with this very like Western, shallow Christian thing where it's like, hey, brother, how are you? Yeah. Doing good. How are you? And the the desire of communities was that you would meet with the same people and grow in such unity that you really got to the nitty gritty of people's lives. Yeah. We're in the place in my community where we talk about our insecurities. Sure. We talk about things that aren't easy for us. We talk about, you know, limiting beliefs. We went through a whole night. The guy who does ours really pastors us well. We went through a whole night of just talking about what, beliefs, limited beliefs we have that are keeping us where we are. Mm-hmm. And we all talked about them together. Yep. And like that wouldn't have happened if we'd have been a six-month group that like met around Ultimate Frisbee. 
right? You know, yeah. <laughs> it's just the nature of it. You'd have had a bunch of fun, but yeah, that would have ended, and you wouldn't have had yeah, exactly the kind of relationships in your life where you could really yeah dive into those areas, dive into the actual things of life. And yeah. there's enough avenues in people's life to be distracted by other things. There's not enough really avenues to cultivate spiritual formation anymore. Sure. Where, where are those avenues? Right. And, you know, this was a big thing for us is Jesus modeled spiritual formation with deep impacting relationship and then eating together. Mm-hmm. That's how he modeled it. Right. And so we share a meal we talk about our lives and our marriages and our families and our kids and mm-hmm. what's going on in our families. And that's where we talk a lot about, you know, our finances and different things. Then we gather yeah, and we really dig into where we're at spiritually. Mm-hmm. And it's really beautiful. Yeah. And it's hit a real magical place. Yep. I love that. Yeah. Um, Katie showed me something. It was like a meme or something. And I feel like I've heard it before, but it just caught me. It's so funny. And it was, somebody said, you know, the, the one miracle we don't talk about as believers is how Jesus was in his early 30s and had 12 really close friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what an amazing yeah. feat that was. What an amazing task, right? <laughs> I know. I know. Because you look back in your life, it's funny because most people look back in their life are just seasonal friends. Yeah. Oh, they were a good friend for a season. Mm-hmm. They were a pretty good friend for a season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he, was, he did it, man. He was 30 he and did. he had... 12 close buds that he did life with. Yeah, and I think like I think in the um in in the like mentee mentor relationship there is lost the friendship that Jesus had with them. And he says it. Yeah. He says like today I call you my friends. Yeah. You know, you're not you're not servants, but you're my friends. Yep. And he meant it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't doesn't lie. Yeah, no. And you know, you look at you look at his model for for relationship, his model for discipleship, and for you know really, if you want to put it this way, really fathering those guys, spiritually fathering those guys, you know. And and I I look at that and I think, you know, if we're going to become who who we're really called to be, who we're capable of becoming, doing what we're capable of doing, that doesn't happen. If Jesus gets, you know, an hour of my time, no, a couple of weeks, maybe, no. you know, no. And people want, people want the spiritually formed life of Paul and like the, with the like effort of Judas, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's amazing to me to hear people's attitudes towards uh, spiritual formation or beloved identity or being as righteous as God and, like, their desire to walk into that fully. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but, you know, like, but not really, though. Like, I'm <laughs> <Not> busy. Really. <laughs> but I got a lot going on. I got a lot going on. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can't, I can't, re- like, there's a place in my life where I saw it religious to choose um, church over like things like sports or, or different things like that. And those things aren't bad. Mm-hmm. But I realized even though I was mad when I was a kid that my, my parents elevated presence and Jesus 
so much over everything else. I can't imagine anything else carrying that amount of importance to me. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's gone. Yeah. It's and the crazy thing is, it seems like earlier, like in the nineties or two thousands, people were okay. People were okay not wanting that that amount of relationship or that amount of transformation and just being honest, saying, I don't want that. It's mm-hmm. too much for me. Yeah. Okay. Now we're in a stage where people want the spiritually formed life of Paul, <laughs> but not not the effort of obsessive love. I don't yeah. want to use like self-effort mm-hmm. or like, um, you know, I don't want people to think that you have to try harder because it's not that. No. We've talked enough about those messages, I think, hopefully yeah. that people don't think that. But there is an obsessed love that comes out of the purity of pursuit of him. Yeah. That is where you find the formation you're looking for as a person. Right. That people aren't grasping. Yep. yep. I remember, um, you know, this, we could bring this conversations back to just talking about like, like discipline. Cause again, it's not about self effort. It's not about how hard I can work, but at the same time, like you've got to make the choice to get up. Uh-huh. You got to make the choice to open your Bible. You got to, yeah. you know, um, but you know, thinking about some of the spiritual disciplines we've talked about, whether it's, you know, just spending time in the word, spending time praying, yeah. um, silence and solitude, which I love. I'm a big mm, fan. Huge fan. <laughs> it's my favorite. Um, it was, I'm forgetting his name. He, he wrote one of the, he wrote a book on disciplines, Richard Foster, Richard Foster. Yeah. Richard Foster. And he said in that book, he said, celebration of discipline, celebration of discipline. There you go. That's why I've got you here. Yeah. That's right. Um, <clears throat> this is a reference guide. Um, you know, he said in that book, he said, the disciplines themselves don't necessarily change you. But what happens is when you practice the disciplines, you're positioning yourself in a place to where he can change you. Yeah. Yes. One Willard, Dallas Willard would add this thing. He talked about in spirit of the disciplines, Dallas Willard wrote that most people don't teach on spiritual disciplines because of the self-effort people want of to immediately take action and get in there and go for it. Sure. But Willard says that, unfortunately, you have to start with rest, and until people can learn to rest, they can't actually begin discipline. Wow. Because discipline is actually found in your rest in him. Yeah. You know, and you're right. The disciplines unto themselves are not holy. Yeah. But what they do is they create an avenue to actually see his face. If you want to realize how righteous and holy you've become, and you've become as righteous and holy as Jesus, by the way. Yeah. Um, if you want to realize that, it's going to require you understanding what it means to be with him. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, at the end of the day, when me and Bailey started dating, she almost lost some friendships because she kept canceling everything just so she we could hang out. Sure. And that yeah. wasn't really like self-effort to make sure I liked her. Right. Like, Bailey never canceled other plans to make sure she knew I liked her. She canceled other plans because she simply wanted to be with me. Right. That's good. And that's a very different thing. Yeah. And our our Western religion has taught us that you need to prove yourself Mm -hmm. how hungry you are to him. Right. But obsessive love is like, I don't care if he notices. I'm going to be there anyway. Yeah. Because I just love them. Yeah. I just want to be, if I could 
you know, smell their scent, if I could be in their presence, if mm-hmm. I could just touch them, if I could just, you know, hear them yep. or see them, I'll be happy. Yep. And that's very different than, than the effort we've often seen of like, do you see how well I'm doing? Right. See how hard I'm trying? Yeah. Yep. And you get that when you look at the Acts Church, you see people who think yeah. this is this is too amazing to not let my life be built around this. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. And so... You know, they had jobs, you know, because we, we talk about them going to temple and meeting each other's homes every day. They had jobs. Yeah, they of had, course. They had kids and they had, you know. Yeah, they had to make, like, you, you couldn't go to, you know, you can't go to an Arby's, you know, <laughs> right. in second, and, and during the second temple period of, of Israel, like, Arby's wasn't around much. You know, you made your own food and you, <laughs> right. yeah, you know, you raised your own kids. I'm sure diapers, you know, were, weren't disposable. They're probably, you know cloth diapers that was a lot yeah yeah the 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 lie that we often tell ourselves is everyone has more free time and availability to be in presence than we do yeah and that goes even like generationally Mm -hmm. they had more time in the 50s because they didn't have this they had more time in the you know second century because they didn't have this it's like that's not true yep you know like leprosy was around yeah. They had a lot to deal with. <laughs> there was a lot going on. A lot. They were under mass like persecution. There's a lot going on. <laughs> they experienced stuff that we don't really comprehend. Yeah, they weren't looking at their Roth IRA after, you know, <laughs> right. a nice sushi dinner. Yeah. They were up. they were meeting together, you know, probably praying that they weren't going to be burned outside of <laughs> yeah. Nero's yeah, literally. Know, courtyard. Yeah. Nero had a Nero had a his garden was made up of Christians on crosses burning alive. Yeah. That was how he would light the grounds at night. Yeah. Because he would burn Christians everywhere. Alive. Yeah. He had a whole garden of them, like that he could go off his balcony and look at them. Yeah. And it's like, and the reality or the thought process that we could get to a place where we're so jaded to, I get up and I do my version app mm-hmm. and I drink a nice cup of coffee and then that's it. Yeah. I'm boosted for the day. Yep. That's not what this ever was for anybody. <laughs> Like the scriptures literally say Jesus often withdrew. Mm-hmm. Imagine a generation or a culture of people that see that they need less time in presence than Jesus did <laughs> when he was a human. Right. That's where we're at. Yeah. Predominantly. Yeah. It's like, well, that was Jesus. It's like, okay, but like, <laughs> like he needed that. Right. So, he needed to withdraw and yeah. pray. The savior of the world needed right. to go into the wilderness a bunch. Right. So what could I not possibly need that's at least... Right. Whatever that is. He didn't speak unless he heard the Father speak. Yeah. He didn't he didn't move unless he saw the Father move. Yeah. Paul spent twelve years in obscurity making sure he had the gospel right and could hear the voice of the Lord. Right. <laughs> but it's like, now that's just for them. And I think I think that stuff's okay. As long as we also don't say that we want what they had. Sure. It's okay for you to say, like, I don't want that kind of life. I, Mm-hmm. Or really what you're honestly saying is, I don't want to look like Jesus. Sure. And that's, that is, it's not okay, but it is okay. Yeah. It's not, that's not, saying I don't want to look like Jesus is not going to not get you into heaven or hell. Believing in Jesus is what does that. Yeah. It's not going to be your end all, begin all. Yeah. But if you're saying you want to look like Jesus, mm-hmm. which is what you're called to do, every right. believer, yeah, everyone, then like it's going to look a lot different. Yeah. You know, and you're going to have to you're going to have to submit yourself to the ability to learn how loved you are. Mm-hmm. 
So that way you can realize how impactful you are. Right. Yep. And that's like, that's where people draw the line. Yeah. You know, that's where people draw the line because that sounds great in theory, but it also doesn't sound as comfortable as like, you know, January 3rd of my one-year Bible, a little bit of Genesis, a little bit of Psalms, a proverb, you know, yep. a little bit of Matthew, and then I'm done. Yeah. You know. Yep. Yeah. You know, I think it was, I don't know if I would say like one of the hardest things, but it was, it was not easy for me to position myself to come face to face with the reality of how he thinks about me. Yeah. Like, and I know, you know, different people have different experiences. That just was, that wasn't easy for me. Yeah. You know, right. because, because the moment you, you, you know, you peer into his eyes and you begin to like really see and really hear what he thinks about you. It's not, that was really hard for it's, me. It's almost, it would sounds crazy. It's like horrifying. Yeah. Because I've, I've never had the problem. I will never have a problem with seeing how much Jesus loves Brian. Right. It's just me. Sure. Because I know me. Yep. You know, like we had a, we had service last night and we had some of the most intentional best worship. Mm-hmm. You know, and oftentimes we sing songs like, I want more of you. You're all I want. You're all I need. But what we get caught up in oftentimes is, but you're not what I deserve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where we get caught up. Yep. I know you're all I want and all I need, but mm-hmm. oftentimes my stepping stone into you is you're not what I deserve. Yeah. I deserve less than that. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's where <laughs> we end up is in this tug of war of, and that's why, that's why I think people have fallen out of love in personal alone time with him mm. because Every time we get there, we have to start with reminding him of the defamation of my own character. Sure. So my time alone with him now in the morning or the evening, whatever, starts off with who I'm not, what I've not been, how I failed. Desperately apologizing. And Desperately hope, apologizing. Asking forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. Then, then I'm supposed to leave encouraged. Like, <laughs> man, that was great. You know what I mean? Right. And at the end of the day, you know, Mark Castle has said this before. Either he fully died for your stuff mm-hmm. or he didn't. Right. Yeah. He is not surprised at what you're going through. Right. And he doesn't need to be reminded of who you think you are. Right. His invitation is to be with him so he can show you who he thinks and knows you are. Right. And so yeah. the invitation is you come listen to who I say you are. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't come tell me who you're trying to be or who you think you are. Right. And that's when I think, like, if people grasp that, I think the hunger for presence would triply, would triple increase immediately. Yeah. Sure. Because you realize that, you know, those places are the place of strengthening, not the place where I go to mm-hmm. remind myself of what I'm not. Yeah. That's really good. You know. Yeah. Let's, um, I want to come back to that, but real quick, let's take a, A quick break and hear a word from our sponsor. Awesome. Are you in the market for top-notch packaging solutions? Look no further. Introducing Associated Packaging, your trusted partner in packaging excellence. We specialize in providing high-quality packaging supplies and cutting-edge packaging automation. 
Our team is dedicated to ensuring your production runs smoothly with our factory-trained service technicians, just-in-time inventory management, and turnkey packaging solutions. Say goodbye to costly downtime. With Associated Packaging, you'll maximize uptime and reduce downtime, boosting your efficiency and profitability. Don't compromise on packaging quality and efficiency. Choose API for all your packaging needs. Call us today at 706-459-9996, ask for Chad Balistrieri, or visit our website at www.associatedpackaging.com. Associated Packaging, where packaging excellence meets innovation. Okay, we're back. Um, yeah, so what you were saying, I think that's right on. Because, you know, uh, at least for me, and I think for probably a lot of people, yeah, you're right that a lot of time when we do what we call like time with the Lord, uh-huh. you know, put that in quotes, <laughs> you're right. It's often like... <clears throat> me spending a little bit of my time trying to convince him that like don't you know please please forgive me i know yeah. i'm the worst but you know please know that i'm <laughs> no. i'm here <laughs> you know you know yeah for whatever that's worth lord like i'm i'm here yeah. you know yeah the worst and it's like do you think everybody showed up today cuz i did <laughs> you know like you're trying to earn it like yeah i bet my neighbors aren't doing this right now <laughs> 6 in the morning or 5 in the morning <laughs> but i am yeah, yeah. but and I think, and for me, everything changed when I would show up and let him do the talking. Yeah, that's really good. You know, because yeah. I didn't, and we've talked about this before in much earlier episodes, but I didn't grow up knowing that, that he still spoke today. Yeah. It wasn't something that was talked about. Yeah, super healthy culture. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't something I knew we had access no. to. And so I would say that everything in my life changed when I realized that I could sit down and, and ask a question and let him do the talking. Yeah. Cause I didn't, I wasn't changing before then. No, no. And you, you're, I don't, I, I grew up obviously knowing that he talked, but I think predominantly I lacked an awareness that he thought about me. Yeah. If that makes sense. Sure. You know? Yeah. Like I knew he had thoughts and I, you know, you hear the old like scriptures, you know, I know the plans I have for you, and that's great. But I don't think I had, like, the concept or awareness of an omnipresent mind mm-hmm. always thinking about me. Yeah. Which is, like, really weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, that Yahweh is so omnipresent that so is his mind. Mm-hmm. And so his mind is not simply attracted or can contain only one thought, mm-hmm. but all thoughts of all things. Yeah. At the exact same moment. Yeah. And so when you can come to that realization, you realize he's always thinking about me. And there's a psalm that talks about that translated to English, he daydreams about me. Wow. Like he actually is like, wouldn't it be crazy when <laughs> Noah does this? You know, like it's just the most bizarre thing. Wow. Yeah. Like, a, you know, and I'm not trying to in any way be like hip, you know, like move into anything. Um, wrong but it's it feels sometimes like you know when like a you know it's like a young girl on her bed with her legs up you know like kicking her legs and thinking like yeah my god you know i love this person yeah 
you know, it's how they, it's how the psalm makes it written. Like he yeah. just literally thinks about <laughs> like us he's all the really time. Really in love with us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and he says things that are so different. Like when you read song of, when you read, when you read the song of songs, he says things like Shulamite, how beautiful you are. He says, "You are my equal." Yeah. Like what? Yeah. He's proclaiming that over the Shulamite woman. Mm-hmm. That you are my equal. And all the while she's trying to tell him why she's not. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, no. No. Yeah, she says in in chapter one, she says, you know, I'm the ugliest of them all and the worst of them all. He says, and yeah, yet, you are the most beautiful among yeah. the entire field. Yeah. And every, Every time she gives a defamation of her own character, his response is only to love right, and bring beauty to her more. Yep. And that is the voice of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's omni, it's an omni mind. Yeah. Thinking about me consistently. Yeah. Yeah. He never runs out of good thoughts no. about us. And so you're right. When you make that transition into listening, you realize that, he has so many thoughts about me, it's going to take some time for him to get them out. Yeah. And so we've got more than <laughs> enough time to sit and let him talk. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's just bizarre. Yeah. Because most, you know, I think for a lot of people, it's I'm going to sit down and I'm going, I've got an idea in my head of who I think I'm supposed to be yeah. and what I think that's supposed to look like. So I'm going to spend some try- some time trying to prove myself mm-hmm. as that and try to earn my way into that. Yeah. And the whole thing is so upside down. Yeah. It's so upside it's a, down and backwards. It is. It is. And it's and it's often tied to and then we tie that if you tie that into the neglected time in which we don't give to him, mm. then we're also not only doing that, but we're also trying to overcompensate for all the moments we haven't spent. Yeah. And so we become so exhausted when we do spend time with him, we don't want that again for a week. <laughs> right. Because yeah. I've spent now like, well, I've got to be here for three hours because I haven't done it in two weeks. So I'm now I'm overcompensating for <laughs> right. everything I didn't do. Right. You know what I mean? It's like the guy that walks into the gym with like hardly any shirt on. It's like, we get it. <laughs> we get it. We get what you're doing here. You know, and it's yeah. like, you know, and so then you become exhausted by your own spiritual life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it becomes a chore and a task. It does. And that is simply, and I promise you this, if your spiritual life feels exhausting, it's completely attached to the idea that you have allowed your preferences to precede your pursuit of presence mm. and you prefer other things. Wow. And I think we have to, you can't realign your preferences to put presence at the f- forefront if you can't allow yourself to be okay that it's not at the forefront. Mm. I had to allow, Yeah, and I'm not, I say this as if like I've got it down, <laughs> I don't. But I've had to come to the realization that I have to be okay, that I don't want Jesus more than anything sometimes. Yeah. But in that, he's changing that. Right. I have to be okay that there's times I actually want to watch TV. Yeah. I don't want to pray. Mm-hmm. I want to go eat. Yeah. I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. But if I tell myself, well, it's not that I didn't want to, Jesus. I just had like so much going on. It's that I couldn't. <laughs> yeah. I literally could. If I get behind on this show now, I'll never catch up. You know, and like yeah. I'm lying to myself and to yeah. him. Yep. 
But really the reality is, is that my preferences uh, oftentimes will always outweigh my pursuit of presence. Yeah. Because my preference is not Jesus. Right. Yeah. I think you're onto something. This is something I've been thinking about too, that I don't have like a lot to say on this topic yet, but I feel like more is coming. Uh, but the I think there's an unbelievable importance to learning to be honest with yourself. Because I think uh-huh. that's something that we're not, as people, generally not good at doing. No. I think it's really hard for us to be honest with ourselves. Yeah. Uh, especially because we live in such a performance-driven culture. Yeah, well, yeah, 100%. You know? And so if it doesn't look good or sound good for me to say, I don't feel like spending time with Jesus today, I will, if I'm not willing to be honest with myself in that, then... I don't know that I'll ever position myself in a place to where, like you said, to where like he actually could change that. Yes. You know? You can't because you're, you're in some weird way subconsciously unaware of it, mm-hmm. or at least you think you are. Right. You, and you, you, you put off even having to mentally process it. Yeah. Because it's like, well, I'm not even thinking about that. I know, I, I know the deep parts of me want to be with Christ. So the <laughs> surface parts of me that don't, I'm not even worried about. <laughs> but if we were... To evaluate ourselves correctly and evaluate ourselves honestly, would we say that Jesus's life and presence is our whole pursuit? Because it was for a lot of people yeah. in the early church. Yeah. That was it. Mm-hmm. And it's okay that it's not, but you're going to live in consistent disappointment. Mm-hmm. When you expect those results. Right. And those results are beautiful. Yeah. I hate to use the term results because it sounds like a metric, but right. wholeness is one but, beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah. And that's what this generation and really people are looking for. Like if you have a prodigal son, he's not really looking for really good church. He's looking for a whole mother and father. Yeah. If you've got a, if you've got kids that you're worried about, understanding beloved identity and righteousness. They don't really need good youth group or good kids church. Yeah. They need whole parents. Mm -hmm. They need parents that can look at them and say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Mm -hmm. And they need parents that can look at them and say, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's good. You know, and like, that's what is missing, I think is, and we can't come to that reality to even begin that pursuit Mm -hmm. because we're not honest with ourselves. Right. And, you know, and that's, you know, that was, Hopefully, one of the reasons why communities meet was to give people an opportunity to see what they're missing mm-hmm. in their pursuit. Yeah, not only that, but everything we're we're talking about is so much easier when you're doing it with people who oh also want to do. Yeah, what you, you know. Yeah, hello. When and you're that, partnering with a group of people. Yeah, you're you're partnering with a whole group of people who are also like, I actually want to be closer with Jesus as well. Yeah, and. People don't understand the beauty of a worship service where the main goal is not to praise him while shaming ourselves. Yeah. Like people don't understand the beauty of that. Mm-hmm. Get in a room where people are saying, I don't have to be ashamed to, for him to be glorified. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. I don't have to have had a perfect week in yeah. order to come in and enter right into presence. Yeah. And even like to the place where people are concerned about the songs you're singing. Mm-hmm. You know, like we don't sing that song anymore. It's by Brandon Lake. 
But he says, you know, I know I know it's not much, but I have nothing else fit for a king. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so the song literally talks about like, I know I'm nothing, but here it is. Yeah. Like what a horrible set of lyrics. Yeah. Like you are a scripture. Romans says that because of your faith in Christ, you inherit all that he has and all that he is. Yeah. So you're saying, I know it's not much. My <laughs> hallelujah, I know it's not much. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, is it's insulting. It is insulting. To what Christ actually accomplished. It is. It's insulting to what the gospel is. But we've become so like, oh, man, doesn't it sound great to talk about ourselves negatively while we worship him? Right. Look how humble we are. Look how humble we are <laughs> at this process. And you don't realize... Our community said this one time, you don't realize the religion you're around until you're not around anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know people that I have personally had conversations and counseled and talked with people who want this mm-hmm. while keeping their foot in their religion. Yeah. I want this, but I'm here, or I'm going here, or I'm doing this, or I'm involved in this. It's like, it doesn't work that way. Right. Yeah. Can't be a Pharisee. And a disciple. Yeah. Doesn't work. <laughs> Just doesn't work. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Paul, half of the things Paul's dealing with is telling people like, quit worrying about food laws. <laughs> You're missing it. <laughs> right. You're putting two feet in two different rivers over here. Yeah. You know, and people are like, people are so in love with their current preferences because mm-hmm. they prefer this type of kids church or this type of thing or this type of thing that they're going, okay, but is the overall pursuit of my family and where I'm located, what I'm doing about looking like Jesus? Mm-hmm. Because if it's not, we're missing something. Right. And not only that, but is it looking like Jesus without having to defame myself? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't get across any other way in the gospels than I'm holy and righteous. Because mm-hmm. that's what Paul says in almost every one of his epistles. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You know, and it's like, and you realize, like, the community in which I tether myself to changes how this process happens. Mm-hmm. Yep. It matters who you're in community with. Yeah, it does. Paul is very specific about being a light to believer, to non-believers, but to manage your fellowship with them. Very specific, mm. almost awkwardly specific. Yeah. About hey, light does yeah. not share anything with darkness. Sure. And and you can't have your religion cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. You're either going to have to choose this or that because what's going to happen is you're going to become so split down your own mind. Yeah. That you will choose mass chaos. It will become mass chaos. Yeah. Because the gospel and try harder can't live in the same head mm-hmm. they right. can't yep it will destroy they will implode on each other yep like two atoms just mixed in one little container just going at <laughs> each other you know what <laughs> I mean they just don't work yeah yep yeah and you know you look at the life of Jesus and he didn't you know he didn't keep sinners away from him mm-hmm. he he fellowshiped with them yeah. and he you know he saw Zacchaeus he was like hey I'm coming to your house for lunch yeah, you know he he hung out with the people that the Pharisees hated that he yes. hung out with, but he also the people he kept closest. You know he was very specific, very much so, on who he kept really close to him. Yeah, yeah. Well, his outer court very much was a a being a, a city set on a hill, mm-hmm. and then his inner court 
in his holy of holies was the intimacy of people going after what he was going after. Yeah. Doing what he was doing. Right. It meant so much to them, even like Paul. Paul literally does not do a missionary journey alone in his yeah. whole ministry. Yeah. Doesn't do one. Yeah, that's good. And when one guy even pisses him off, he goes to the next. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, like I said, it'd be like, well, screw this. I'm just going to do it by myself. Yeah. It never became Paul's like solo roadshow. Never. Yeah. They always chose relationship and community and brotherhood yeah. and sisterhood because you cannot do this alone. Right. And you cannot mix any leaven in with it. Right. So who you're doing it with, you know, that little bit of leaven will 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 eventually corrupt the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's just right. the nature of how it's going to be. Yep. Because no matter how much we enjoy, I've been so not disappointed, but just amazed at how many outside things I've enjoyed that I never realized the the little back like piece of everything was try harder. Mm-hmm. This is great, but you're gonna have to try harder. Yeah. And you know, and Paul says, you know, apart from Christ's work or apart from our works, Christ's work was enough. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Turns out he really did it. Turns out like <laughs> when he died on the cross, like it wasn't like a maybe. Right. It wasn't a maybe thing. It was the fullness. Yeah. Yeah, that's really And good. we're so busy with, with, we're so busy with becoming when the reality is it starts with beholding. Yeah. We've talked about that. Right. You know, but we can't behold because we've been pressure cooked to become. <laughs> right. Pressure cooked. Right. We think that becoming, if I become who I think I'm supposed to become, then I will be welcome into his presence where I can behold him. Yeah. Nope. Nope. That's not that's not it. And then I go, You're right, I need to behold them. And I try to do it with a bunch of people who are trying to become. Sure. It's like, well, that didn't work <laughs> either, did it? You know? Yeah. And that's why like I, I try to share with our people and our communities the beauty and the importance of what we have and what we're doing. Mm-hmm. It's not because there's some like narcissistic belief that what we're doing is better than everybody else. Yeah. But rather, we've reached a place of the purity of the gospel that we are doing this together, and it seems like everyone is going after the same thing. Yeah. What happens when a group of people pursue looking like Jesus without shame? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it in a long time, and I want to. Yeah. Yeah. And just recently, I was just like thinking about and pondering, like, what will this look like for like our future generations? Yeah. Because we've been discovering this as we get older, but like we've got, like you and I both have sons that are going to be born this year into this. Yes. And their starting place is like... They're never going to know shame. (laughs) You know, like, and even Apostle has said this. He said, I can't tell you when my kids got saved. Yeah. And I'm not going to be able to tell you either. Yeah. Yeah, same. My kids are just going to be in this. Yeah. Like Nora and Izzy have never, ever known a day where we don't, talk about Jesus. Yeah. My, yeah. Like I, Benjamin will, will not have a BC. Yeah. You know? Yep. And so when the beginning place is fully accepted, where can that lead you? Yeah. Where can the beginning place of having the keys to the castle lead you? Right. You know what I mean? We're still yeah. trying to get on the lawn. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we're yeah. trying to feel worthy enough to be like, can I just cut the grass? <laughs> I'll just right. hang out in the guest house, cut the grass. Yeah, let me just here. peek in the window, see what's yeah. going on. What are y'all eating in there? <laughs> yeah. And you know, like what happens when a generation actually gets like, oh, like I'm I'm actually the invited guest. Yeah. You know, I'm actually righteous and holy. Yep. 
You know what I mean? It's like it's it's Romans. It's Romans yeah. 5 to a T. Yep. You know, because of our faith in Christ, you know what I mean? We have a perfect relationship with the Father. Right. And because of our perfect relationship, his righteousness has been transferred to me. Yep. Period. Period. That's it. That's it. Yep. It's just like, you know, when we talk about Romans 12, there are, is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Period. Period. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I know translators want to add a bunch of stuff to the end of that verse, but it's not in the Bible. Right. It's in their version, but it's not in the real Bible. Yep. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And you need to be aware of that. Yep. There is no try harder for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no, I've done this in the, for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is just you and him. Yep. Yep. And, you know, the more you discover what he says about you, the less it matters when anybody else says. Yep. You know? Yep. There's no condemnation. So yeah. if I know, if I know who he says I am, then you could have a different opinion of me, but it turns out that yeah. his word's going to trump yours. So Always. You know what I mean? And that's what, and that's what I want my son to have. Yeah. My son will yeah. never, ever, ever, ever need a good program or a good group of kids to show him the way in Christ when he knows he's fully loved. Yeah. He, he'll have that around him. Yep. He'll have great kids around them and, and they'll have, you know, a, a community for themselves. But if it was literally just Benjamin and me and Bailey, I would be okay because I, I will know he knows he is the beloved of the Father, yep. loved as much as Jesus is loved yep. and is viewed the same as the Christ. Yep. And he doesn't need someone else or something else or some great program. Yep. He can keep the Awanas vest at home. <laughs> I think I've still got my old one shirt. <laughs> well, you collect so many badges. Like, how do you? <laughs> Those are non-transferable at this point. <laughs> you know, but like, there's yeah. a thing in that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm done. I think I've reached a place in an age where I'm done accepting that there's some type of program needed for me and my family to become like Jesus when it's just presence and family. Yeah. That, that is the recipe of the New Testament, mm -hmm. is presence and family. Yeah. And food, I guess. <laughs> I mean, Jesus seemed to like it. Jesus so. loved food. Yeah. He got so mad that a fig tree didn't have figs on it, he literally cursed the whole thing to die. <laughs> he literally was like, well, then, you know what? You're dead. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Well, it's been about an hour. Can you believe that? No. Flies by. Yeah. Um, any last thoughts? I mean, no, I think we're going to at least spend the next w another week here talking about communities. I would just say, like, as we come into a new year, I think it's a moment to really understand the beauty and the power and the, the grace that put upon all of us in this family uh, or those listening who are in other kingdom families we have people, I think, that listen in Covington and different places mm -hmm. that are in their own kingdom family. It's not just ours, sure. but are in our river. Mm -hmm. uh, but the beauty of what you're in and what you're cultivating. Yeah. Understand the beauty of it and understand that um, just because you're not in a bunch of religion anymore doesn't mean that religion's gone. Sure. And people are still hearing from the rooftops they're not good enough. Mm -hmm. And they're still gathering at Passion Conference to try to, you know, renew their love for Christ until June comes and they're back where they were. You know what I mean? Sure. I think we need to be reminded and excited about what Yahweh's doing in our house and our people and communities. And and I think even just I'm always amazed at a group of people 
willing to say we want to look like Jesus too. So what is it going to take? And that's really what we I think we have here a lot of. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're going after. Yeah, it's beautiful. I think it's you know whether it's leadership or non leadership, I think it it's something to be appreciated. Yeah. Here. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for hanging out. Anytime, man. I'll drive by <laughs> anytime. <laughs> All right. And thank you for listening. And uh, we love you. Hope you have a good week. Thank you.